Springs Lutheran Church in Chicago. My name is Pastor Joel Hess, and it's my privilege to talk about Jesus and the hope and the peace we have in Him. Uh, please enjoy the following message, and if you like, uh, support the mission of God here in this area by going to our webpage, stjames-lutheran.org. Are you the Christ, or should we look for another? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. One of my favorite uh, Christmas songs, Christmas hymns, is, uh, we don't hear it, we don't sing it here, we don't have it in the hymnal, but I I should have uh, requested it. It's called, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. Anybody know that one? It's by the greatest artist of all time, Johnny Cash. Actually, he didn't didn't write it, but he sang a wonderful version of it. Burl Ives sang it. Bing Crosby has it. There's a casting crowns, if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, Has a neat little uh, rendition of it as well. I heard the bells on Christmas Day. I heard the bells on Christmas Day. Their old familiar carols play and wild and sweet. The words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Another classic Christmas song, you know, of peace and quiet and God loves us. And uh, can you hear those Christmas bells? And maybe the author wants to get you into that mood to remind you how beautiful that sound is as we have these wonderful bells and they'll be ringing Christmas Eve, letting Chicago know there's a service going on here, a Christmas service. Can you hear those Christmas Bells. He goes on. I thought how, as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled a long, unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. The writer of this is actually a longer poem turned into song is Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, the great American poet of the late 19th century. And he writes this a year, well, first of all, in the middle of the Civil War, where we forget it's the highest casualty number of any Uh, War of America, obviously, as it was only Americans who were fighting. More than that, family members pitted against one another. It was just an atrocious time, a fearful time. Longfellow had a son that ended up joining, rightfully, but frightfully for a dad, ends up getting hurt. And amidst this chaos, hard to imagine Christmas. But even more so, this song is written one year after he lost his wife in a fire. She was cutting her daughter's hair and as was very popular, well, still is, I think, a thing that gets done, uh, gets done, that, that women do, that moms do. She was taking the hair she had cut And putting it, sealing it, I think sort of in an envelope, and you used hot wax to do this, not knowingly as she's doing that, a bit of it dripped on her dress. 
and catches the dress, very thin outside material, catches on fire. She grabs Henry and runs into the library as they try to put it out. She dies in his arms. Kids are saved. Longfellow literally says, from then on, (laughs) Christmas is done. It's done. He comments how his kids say Merry Christmas. He says it is no longer Merry. He's being honest. And he writes these words as he thinks about his life, about what's happened, and about the war that was raging. And in despair, I bowed my head. There's no peace on earth, I said. For hate is strong and mocks this song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Do you know what Henry feels like? Can you relate? The bells of Christmas chiming, but they don't really do it for you anymore. In fact, they might remind you of people you've lost, relationships you've lost, jobs you've lost. It's a tough time, Christmas time, because we're given these wonderful pictures and songs and we're surrounded by it to the point where you got to live up to it. Nobody really can look like a Hallmark movie. And the more you sort of measure yourself from what you think everyone else is doing out there, having fun, they're all jolly and happy, and you look at your own life, the more depressing it can be. Let alone, many of us have real things, real challenges. When we hear the angels sing, peace on earth, goodwill to men, just like Longfellow heard. Are you kidding me? Where? John the Baptist, I think, knew this feeling. I have a sneaking suspicion that he's wavering in his faith a little bit. He, he sends, uh, as we heard in the gospel lesson, he sends his disciples to Jesus because he heard about all these things Jesus was doing. He was there and baptized Jesus, so he knew who Jesus was. It was his cousin, actually. And John sends the disciples and asks them to ask him, are you the one? Or is there someone else? He was probably asking that because he was in jail. He'd been standing up for what is right, doing God's work. He'd been pointing to this Jesus Christ. He'd been telling everybody, I mean, what an idiot John the Baptist looked like. Telling everyone how God was coming, repent. And people flocked out and he was popular. Now he's in prison, Herod's prison, because he made Herod's wife mad. And soon he was going to lose his head. Imagine what John's thinking. All excited, all pumped out, because Christmas had come. But things weren't going well in his life. (laughs) It didn't look like God was winning. I know that's exactly what Longfellow was thinking. I know you think that too sometimes. When so-and-so gets ahead at your, at your work, and they're a total, a total animal, they're a jerk. 
They've bitten and stealing to get where they are. And it seems like they're winning. Or your life in general, quite frankly, your own struggle with sins and your struggle. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. Despair, I lote, I bowed my head. There's no peace on earth, I said. For hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Do you know what that feels like? The danger of putting all our focus this Christmas season on outward things, which, by the way, are fine. Buying presents and decorating your house. There's nothing wrong, by the way, <laughs> with uh, doing that and having the trees and the presents and praising God and being happy. Be, when you have a chance to be happy, when you have a chance to raise a glass and just enjoy the day and family and friends, don't let anybody guilt you out of that. Do it. Because it doesn't come along all the time. Don't feel guilty about it. But if that is our only focus, and Christmas is just about these superficial things that give us momentary happiness, even friendships and families getting together, it doesn't last. As you get older, it becomes less fun because you say goodbye to people, eventually your own parents. And eventually, those very close to you and so when we put so much pressure on these outward things, all it does is cause depression, I think. <laughs> because we can never match up to that fake happiness. Or we put all our hopes that the tree's decorated just right, or we buy just the right presents, or we get just the right food, or so-and-so shows up. And when those things fall and they fail, and they will, we are empty. Christmas and what we're celebrating, what the kids sang about this morning is about a gift far greater than anything you could give one another. It's a gift that can't be taken away. It's a gift that is forever. It is a gift that permeates, that blesses you even in the midst of the most difficult suffering and sorrow you could experience like Longfellow or John the Baptist. What is the reply that Jesus said to John? J Jesus said, well, you go tell John that the lame are being uh, the healed. You know, the blind are given their eyes. The good news is preached to the poor. I'm the guy, he says. And then that same Jesus goes and he lays his life down for John. And for you and for me and for those that put him there in the first place. They took away all of our vanities and all of our sin of the superficial pursuits that we have. Took them all the cross. No questions asked. All of our guilt, all of our shame. And in him we have forgiveness. And then three days later rose from the dead for good. Never to die again. More than 500 people saw the living Jesus walking around absolutely fine. Thank you very much. And promises to raise you up to. Meaning in the end, no matter what you go through, no matter what happens, you will be okay. You are forgiven by the blood of Christ. You will rise again.
That's what Christmas is all about. And that's the treasure that gives you a real, a deep joy and happiness and a calmness in this crazy time. And it's the only thing, it is the only antidote to sorrow and mourning and the challenge of this world. Longfellow goes on. And in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And then he says, then, the, then peal the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, goodwill to men. Till ringing, singing on its way, the world revolved from night to day, a voice, a chime, a chant sublime of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Through it all, through the war and the chaos and the death and the sins, the bells don't stop chiming. They don't stop for you. They don't stop because things are going bad. They keep going because it's true. A light has dawned in that manger. It is bright today through his word, and it is only getting brighter, and the day is coming. And Longfellow could go to sleep. He was sad. Let's not pretend he wasn't sad. But he knew that one day it will be a Merry Christmas when he sees his wife again. And war is done. That a wonderful Merry Christmas is coming. And he trusted that, and he knew that, and he could believe that. Why? Because it had already come factually. Christ has come. Fact. Died. Fact. Rose again. Fact. And promises it's going to be okay, and you can trust him on that. Can you hear those Christmas bells? In Jesus' name, amen. Rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to.